Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of The Package Tourist, hosted by yours truly, The Package Tourist and the magical mystery tour called Life, Matthew DBI's. Tonight's guest is author Bob Weirds. Bob has been a media specialist in the world of sports for over 60 years. A lifelong baseball fan, Bob worked as a publicity director for the Kansas City Royals and later in newspaper, radio, and television work. For 11 years, he ran the media office for Major League Baseball when Bowie Kuhn was commissioner. During the 2000s and early 2010s, he was a weekly columnist for Independent Baseball Insider. And for the past 38 years, he has been the owner of Weir's Associates, where he does sports consulting work. In 2018, he published the book, The Passion of Baseball, a memoir, a memoir of his life's journey from Nebraska to his close encounters with baseball history. And last year, Bob released his latest book, My Nebraska, Rich Memories of Growing Up in Rural Nebraska Decades Ago, another affectionate memoir of growing up in the Cornhusker State. Tonight, we will pay tribute to Bob Weirs' literary works and his contributions to Major League Baseball. Bob, welcome to the show. It's an honor and privilege to have you here. Thank you, Matthew. It's my pleasure. Yeah. I'd like to start off by asking you, uh, you were born and raised in Halsey, Nebraska. How, where exactly is Halsey in relation to like <laughs> Omaha or, you know, Lincoln? And how far oh, my back? My goodness, you're, you're not familiar with Halsey? It's, it's, uh, it's in, in an area of Nebraska called the Sand Hills, uh, roughly right in the center of the state. Okay. And it's a, it's a tiny village. The, uh, most of the time when I was growing up, the population sign said 141. <laughs> it, it, so help me, later it changed to 140. And I, I kidded, it kidded my boys, and I said, what can I tell you? I left, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a, it's a uh, thriving community. The Nebraska National Forest is located two miles out of town. That's 92,000 acres that provide uh, the, the, the seedlings, uh, the, the little evergreen trees for several states around. And uh, it's basically ranching country. Okay. Now, Bob, in your book, you talk about my Nebraska. Please tell our listeners, what does it mean to be a Nebraskan? And what makes Nebraska unique from the rest of America? Oh, I don't know. We're, we're, uh, we're very proud people. Uh, you know, I haven't lived in Nebraska since 1963. But I can, I've still got a lot of friends and relatives there and a great big warm spot in my heart. Uh, I just have such fond memories of growing up and, and the things that we did, the things, you know, big city guys <laughs> got a lot of opportunities we didn't get. But I just have such wonderful memories. That's why I did this book, My Nebraska. Now, you say that basically Halsey is mostly ranch area, correct? Yes. So your parents were ranchers? No. Oh. No, they, they weren't. Uh, my, my dad sort of wishes that he was a rancher or a farmer, but he owned a small town grocery store. Uh, well, I guess that's redundant to say small town when I talk about Halsey. And then he was a rural mail carrier for 40 years. Ooh, okay. 
Okay. He would he would uh, visit little uh, uh, ranches in about a 55 mile area, six days a week, putting the the mail in the in the, the little boxes and and uh, making friends. Okay. Now, was it like a food store, or was it like a grocery yes. store, or was it like a more of an, a, a gift store? No, it was a, it was strictly a grocery store. He he actually was in it for two different stretches, and the first time they had uh, uh, overalls and a, a few things of that nature. But the second time, and the time when I was in high school and at college and worked there in my off hours with strictly groceries okay now is it i read some tell me if this is true tell our listeners is it true you are an inductee into the nebraska hall of fame is that true sir nebraska baseball hall of fame oh okay yeah okay. yeah the uh i i'm uh, i'm honored to be a, a member of the uh, nebraska baseball hall of fame you know, a lot of the people who are in that uh, uh, hall are former professional players. Ooh. You know, the the Bob Gibsons and the Richie Ashburn, oh, wow. people like that who came from Nebraska. But then there's uh, probably the preponderance of, of people is, would be those who have worked in in amateur baseball, high school baseball, town team baseball, uh, probably people who devoted many, many years of their lives to, uh, to working with, uh, with youngsters uh, or, or working with adults. Uh, because what we call town team baseball was something uh, I played uh, and you could, on our team were people from like 15 to 50, and I kid you not, uh, because it was such a small area, we we had a hard time putting nine guys on the field. Wow. And, okay. and especially if it was haying season uh, uh, or calving season or something, the, the ranch fellas maybe couldn't get to town. You, did, you didn't know who'd be there on any given Sunday. Now, um... When you were growing up, who was your childhood baseball idol when you were growing up, Bob? I, I'm sorry, Matthew, you broke up just a minute. When you were growing up, Bob, who was your favorite baseball player as a kid? Oh, it was Stan Musial. Ah, yes. E easily. Uh, you see, in, in those days, uh, of course, Major League Baseball didn't go west of the Mississippi or west of St. Louis. And we could get most Cardinal games on the radio. So uh, most everybody in those days was a, was a Cardinal fan, people living in that area. And Stan was in his heyday, so uh, that was, was kind of natural. And I've, I've still got some Cardinal blood in me all these years later. Now, considering that you were able to, you were working for the commissioner on that, did you ever get to meet Stan the man personally? Yes, I did. Uh, uh, I, I didn't really get to know him well, but but he was, you know, Stan the man was really the man, a, a gentleman. Uh, one interesting thing, I think, uh, I was privileged all those years with the commissioner and, and years afterwards when I started my business, 
I'd, I'd go to the Hall of Fame induction every year in Cooperstown. And of course, the returning Hall of Famers would, would come swarming in. Yes. And it may be a little known fact that Stan played the harmonica. <laughs> and he, he played it pretty well. Yeah. And, and, and I, I swear, I think he carried the harmonica with him, just hoping that somebody would ask him to play. I'll I'll never forget one of the tunes that he played was it's a small small world you know from yeah. uh, like from from Disneyland or yeah. Disney World yeah and I think uh, how hilarious that Stan Musial playing it's a small small world yeah now Bob please tell our listeners how did you get involved with the Kansas City Royals well Matthew. From the time that I was seven or eight years old, I took a love at developed a love affair with baseball, and I was convinced that I wanted to work in baseball in some way. And I didn't I didn't have any connections, and so when I went to the University of Nebraska, uh, I worked in, in journalism and I worked on the campus radio station trying to develop tools that would allow me to some way get some type of a job in baseball. So when I got out of the university, I worked professionally in the newspaper business and in radio and television. And I was in Denver working for what then was the Denver Bears, the AAA farm club of the Minnesota Twins, and, and the Bears were one of the more successful minor league teams for a number of years, and I, I was there, and baseball expanded, and the Royals were coming into existence, and I knew Charlie Metro, who had his own great credentials in, in baseball, yeah. and he was the scouting director of the Royals. Yeah, and so I I kind of eased my way t- toward a toward an opportunity, and, and Cedric Callis, the beloved general manager, had me come in and interviewed me, and and I got the job, and and that was a thrill of a lifetime. Now, how did you join the commissioner's office? I mean, how'd that come about, Bob? Well, uh, in 1973. Uh, the Royals were the host for the, the 40th anniversary of the All-Star Game. Mm-hmm. And I, I was very involved in that. Uh, among other things, we invited back the living members of the original 1933 All-Star teams. Wow. And, and wined and dined them and, and of course, brought them in, in front of the, the uh, crowd at, at the brand new Royal Stadium. And, and I, I think my work there got noticed somewhat on a national scale. And uh, I was, what was it, a year or so later that I was invited to come in for an interview in the commissioner's office. What was the biggest break of my life, I suppose. Well, incredible. I mean, to work for the commissioner. What would, did Bowie Kuhn himself interview you personally or was it through an intermediary? Yes. No, he, he interviewed me personally. 
There, there was an intermediary though, uh, Joe Reichler. Yes. With the, Joe was well known. He had been an AP Associated Press sports writer and broke uh, was was uh, the wire services in those days were really known for being on top of breaking stories. Yeah. And and, and Joe had had uh, prospered there at, at AP. And then he went to the commissioner's office, uh, basically to handle public relations. But but Joe was so well connected throughout baseball. He was he was not your typical PR man, but he knew everybody, and everybody knew him. And there were so many things he could do for the commissioner. So they were expanding and looking for somebody to head up the PR department. And I had written Joe about my interest, uh, but the actual interview, most of that was done by Bowie. What was he like? What was it like working for Commissioner Kuhn? I mean, what was he uh, like? He was he was a terrific human being. Uh, he was, uh, you know, somewhat misunderstood by some of the media, and and of course, baseball in those times was was the dominant sport and so anything that happened was a was a headline good or bad and i i sometimes felt that Bowie, because he was six foot five and and uh rigid with uh, uh plain rim glasses and his hair slicked back and a princeton education that that he was uh, a sitting duck for for media that uh, that didn't know him, but uh, but wanted to write about him, and so he'd get some some bad press. But he was a a wonderful human being, and if if he had a a fault in my estimation, it was the fact that when a major decision was coming down, it, you know, we had two league offices at that time that yep. they no longer have now, and so. He would before he would announce a decision. He would he would want the American League president, the National League president, whichever or many times both of them, to be informed. He he'd want you know if the Players Association was involved, he he'd want them to know. And and as a result, uh, I think the Players Association would would get to jump on us and and they they maybe get the 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 headline but he was just a, a terrific human being that we were friends uh, for the years after i left the commissioner's office and we were in business together uh, i was privileged i was a a pallbearer at his funeral and and spent four hours with him in his hospital room 10 days before he passed away Bob, baseball these days has been struggling in maintaining fan interest. As a lifelong baseball fan, in your opinion, what is the great challenge baseball is facing today in retaining the love and, and affection of its fans? What is your personal opinion on that question? Well, I think, I think baseball still has a, a, a good share, but, you know, you go back uh, 50 years or 75 years and, and, Baseball was really the only major sport. Yep. And, and then 
basketball and football and uh, uh, hockey yeah. and even uh, soccer in yeah. recent years, they've all gained in popularity. I don't think it's a matter of baseball losing popularity, but it's a matter that they have to share it today. Yeah. And and they didn't years ago. Uh, you know, there's always things that you can that you can debate and talk about uh, uh, to improve the game. And certainly, the things that they did this last year were were major. The speeding up of the game. I, I'll never forget. I saw my first spring training game this this last year, and immediately I could see the speed up. It was it was so evident, yeah. and it was it was needed because the games had gotten uh, too lengthy, yeah, and certainly too lengthy for the young people yep. who who want everything right now and. <laughs> And, and to have everything happen instantaneously, you know, yeah. in that regard. So I think that was a that was a tremendous move in, in its own right. And some of the things they've done on the on the field are good too. Okay, another question. As, again, as a lifelong baseball fan, now you see this rise in analytics, the term Moneyball, the expansion of the playoffs. How do you feel about that as a lifelong baseball fan? Well, um, you know, I left the game before analytics really got going, and and interestingly enough, Matthew, I'm a I'm a statistical guy in many ways, uh, <laughs> and, and that leads to analytics. But I I frankly think that they're going too far. Mm. You know, what when you get to the point, as I understand it today, that that some managers, uh, it's, it's dictated to them by the analytics department as to, to what lineup he should put on the field every day. Yeah. And uh, that, that to me is, is going, going too far. You know, there are some, certainly there are things to be learned from analytics, you know, positioning of the, of the defense and, and who can do what at any given moment. But, I, I think it's uh, to me it's it's gone overboard, and I I hope they'll I hope they'll back off and and find a middle middle road. Bob, whenever I interview an author, I always love to ask the standard question: When you were growing up, who were your favorite authors? And of those favorite authors, did any of them light the spark inside of you to become an author, or perhaps influence your writing style? No, I don't think anybody influenced my my writing style. I mean, not that I'm conscious of anyway. But uh, you know, the the uh, people that that I was looking up to in the media world were people like the the, the people at the Omaha World Herald, which at at that time was the dominant newspaper in the state of Nebraska. At, at that time, it was easily the dominating newspaper, I should say. And and there was a, a man by the name of Greg McBride, who, who uh, the, the high schools get a lot of attention in Nebraska because uh, there are the big, 
the Omaha and Lincoln and Grand Island, the, the bigger schools, and then there are a ton of little schools. And to satisfy all of the readership, why they they covered the the, uh, the, the prep sports so so thoroughly. And and one of the biggest events in the state, and I hope it's still that way, was the state high school basketball tournament. Mm. And and the World Herald covered it from it was a you know a four day bonanza, and and uh, on any given year there were from four to six different classes, depending on the size of the school. Okay. And and so those people. The, the Greg McBride's, Wally Provost was the, the sports editor. Those were the people that I really looked up to. And, and as well, the people at the Sporting News, which at that time was the baseball Bible, yeah. hands down. Yeah. You know, every, every week carrying every box score and stories on every team and, and, and really was on the cusp of, of, uh, of of things in the in the game, so those were the people that, that probably influenced me. Bob, please tell our listeners where can readers find your books. Oh, gee whiz! Thank you for asking, Matthew. Well, you can you can go to the traditional places. You can go to Amazon.com or or Barnes and Noble, which is just B N. I believe it's B or maybe B and N. I should know that. Uh, and and you can can order the books there, or if you want an autograph copy, you can come to yours truly, and order through my website, which is Weirs W I R Z and Associates dot com, and uh, I'd be happy to autograph a a book for whoever orders it or for Uncle Fred or Aunt Alice, uh, whoever the, the favorite aunt or uncle that you don't know what to buy a gift for, well, there's a, a great Christmas idea. Bob, are you are you working on any future book projects? If so, uh, tell the world, you know, what are you doing and when can we expect its release? Oh, nothing, nothing on the front burner. Uh, I've got a couple of ideas, but you know, I'm I'm in my mid 80s too. I got to be realistic about this, Matthew. So I don't know. I I think you said in the introduction you talked about the fact that I had written uh, about independent professional baseball. The you know the guys who don't get drafted or the or the guys who play professionally a couple of years and don't make it with their organization and they find themselves a free agent when they're 24 years old and they still think they can prove themselves and get to the majors. There are so many fascinating stories in independent baseball. And I keep a, I keep a list. There's a 300 and I forget the exact number, like 375 of players who have played in independent leagues and then gotten to the major leagues. Now only maybe one out of five or one out of six of those guys started in independent baseball. The others were sort of recycled. 
but nevertheless, there are those 300 plus, and I think a, a book about that would name every one of those and tell where he played both in the in the independent ranks and in the major leagues, and there are just some wonderfully compelling stories that you could feature certain players, and and there there certainly is a book that that could be done in that regard. Bob, I want to thank you so much you know, for appearing on my show. And if you ever do come out with a future Eddie book project, let me know. I want you on my show again. You're always welcome, Bob. Oh, you're, you're so kind, Matthew. It's my, my pleasure. It's, it's great to, re- you know, listen to uh, listen to you, sir. Listen to your stories because you were literally an eyewitness to baseball history in many regards. And I envy your, posi- I envy your position. And that's a positive envy. <laughs> thank you so much. May God bless and keep you always. All right. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Stay tuned for next week's show where I will be interviewing football author Darren Hayes. Thank you and good night.